This is Breaking Barriers, a new podcast from Matchworks, exploring remarkable stories about why work matters and how it's changing the lives of some incredible people. I'm Nat Jones, and in this series, we meet a gamer using imagined worlds to create better realities, a mad keen sports fan who found a perfect match, and we check into Hotel Etico, Australia's first social enterprise hotel where holidays create opportunities. That's all to come in Breaking Barriers from Matchworks, Australia's leading non-profit employment and recruitment specialists, going beyond to build diverse and inclusive workplaces for business and lasting employment for people from all backgrounds, ages and abilities. More on Matchworks later. Now it's time to meet a woman who is a survivor in the true sense of the word. It was looked like a movie. I was thinking what my mother going to do. So, okay, they will kill me. Who's going to tell my family? It was a very hard moment. Just how Ator escaped with her life that day? Well, we'll get into that. First, we need to wind the clock back to the mid-1990s and the war-torn streets of Baghdad. The barbaric regime of Saddam Hussein has ripped apart much of the country, but standing amid the ruin with hope in her heart is Atur. She's just finished high school and looking forward to going to university, an exciting rite of passage for teenagers across the world. Yet coming of age in a war zone is to live a life gripped by intimidation, violence and fear. TV we had, but uh, all the channels were uh, managed by the government, so we didn't know too much. They choose uh, what movie, they choose what uh, show, so we didn't have a freedom. We didn't know that much about what's happening outside Iraq. Since our childhood, it was the same. So we used to that. But now when I remember, it's uh, scary. Against the odds, Atur excels at Baghdad University. She's hungry to learn and completes a Bachelor in English Literature and Linguistics and a Diploma in French Language. Then, devastating news. With her grandfather born in Iran, Iraq's neighbouring nemesis, she's banned from further study despite being an Iraqi citizen herself. Fate plays its first card. You can work in anywhere, but not um, in the official offices. Nothing related to the government. I can't teach uh, at the uni, at the school, can't be a teacher, I can't go study for a master. So uh, they broke something inside me. Atur eventually takes a job as a vocational youth and program officer with the US-backed charity IRD, International Relief and Development. It pays well and she's in her element, helping young victims of conflict. But it's dangerous work and she travels to volatile areas of Baghdad. Still, she's driven to make a change. I love that break because it helped me to uh, change the thinking of the young people. Iraq was, till now, it's in the middle of uh, struggling, you know. Uh, so uh, many, many young people, they uh, involve in the uh, violence things. They start killing each other. For me and for 
people in my generation, we try to make um, a change. Um, we'd like to build our country to be a, a good, beautiful, and secure country. Just uh, the way that we imagine our country. Uh, it's look like you draw a portrait, a nice portrait, you know. Uh, so we try to make that change just to build a beautiful country. Just we try to imagine it. But overnight, everything changes. And if you can believe it, all because of a fun run. The IRD event is to try to smooth tensions between warring Shiites and Sunni Muslims. Atur is an organiser and press attention follows. Her name is published in the paper. She's now in the sights of Iraqi officials and they're not happy. So at that time, people, they hate anyone work with American. The salary or the payment that I get for working in the international relevant development was very high in that time in Iraq. Uh, so I didn't take it uh, seriously. I said, okay, maybe they're going to talk and then going to stop. She soon did. Visiting a government office in Baghdad to get some personal paperwork signed, the door is locked behind her. I feel sorry because of my mom and dad because they were old. I didn't like to put them in that position to scare. Uh, whatever I done, I done for them to secure their life, to live in dignity, to live to get the money to bring them food, a good food, a good medication, um, everything good for them. So after that, um, I realized that, no, this time it's a very serious. Um, I have to do something. By a miracle, she's eventually set free. But the intimidation doesn't end there. Two guys came to visit my father. I thought that they were his friend or something like that. So I tried to go outside to say hi. He just waved by hand, uh, means uh, go and don't come out. So after they gone, he called me and said, okay, uh, now I think it's um, very serious. Um, uh, They told my dad, it's shame on you that you let your daughter work with the American and that's mean that you are all against uh, the uh, against Iraq and against the people. This time, uh, we 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 came in peace. We are telling you just don't let your daughter uh, work with American. Or the next time we're gonna come and your daughter will be in two bags. It's enough for Atul and her parents to frantically pack their bags, grabbing bare essentials. They flee to Lebanon. Precious mementos and more are left behind as the family run for their life. I left everything, all my memories. Do you know that I don't have pictures of my childhood? I don't have pictures of my graduation. I didn't bring my certificate. I nothing. All the memories. We left everything. I was scared, sad, but at the same time, I was not happy, no, not happy, but I was, I don't know what that feeling's called, that's my mom and dad will be safe. It's important to note at this point just why Atul was so protective of her parents, how she desperately wanted to keep them from any emotional pain and suffering. 
You see, before she was born, Atour had a baby brother, Sammy. He born with uh, a difficult in his heart. Um, I think they call it the hole or something. He from the first day he born, uh, when they knew about his condition, uh, he wa- my mom used to hold him all the time. She didn't let him uh, play, walk. Um, it was not good to him to do any activity. So it was very hard. She was very uh, connected with him. When he reached uh, six years old, my dad decided to send him to, to UK uh, for an operation. And one day after the operation, um, he passed away. And she returned uh, back from UK to Baghdad by herself. Her attitude changed because of that, because it was not easy, as I told you. Um, till the doctor told my dad that you're going to lose your wife if she stay like that. So the better way, you have to uh, bring a baby. You have to have a baby. So my mother and father, they were old, almost 50 when I born. So born you were the miracle seven. baby. Yeah, I'm the miracle baby. Atour works hard to settle her parents in Lebanon, her father in a wheelchair paralysed from a brain stroke, and mum constantly anxious about her daughter's safety. In Iraq, Atour was proud of her charity work, but in Lebanon, as a refugee in limbo, the government forbids her to even get a job. She applies to the United Nations for permanent residency status, telling them she will be killed if she returns to Baghdad. While her heart is set on Australia... It's a lottery as to where the family will end up. My sister lives in here in Australia, and I have uh, one brother lives in the uh, United States, and the other brother lives in uh, Holland. So, uh, and two sisters stayed in Iraq. So, uh, when I went to United Nations, I didn't have a right to choose which country I have to go. With a written promise to authorities that her ailing father will not be reliant on government welfare, instead cared for by family, the deal is done. Next, it's earth-shattering news, literally. So oh, somebody told me, after times I said, yes, congratulations, you're going to go to Australia. Oh my God, I was very big and it was a apartment in this uh, first floor. So I jumped and I feel the building all shaking. <laughs> <laughs> I was jumping and screaming, we will go, we will go. Nobody understand what's going. N- nobody. My dad was screaming, what's going on? Why you are doing that? I was just jumping, jumping, and we will go. It was a mix of a crying and laughing and, oh, my God. It was, I can't forget that day. Um, it was look like you are uh, a bird, put it in ga- cage, and you open the gate for him. In 2011, Atour makes the 14,000-kilometre journey from Lebanon to Sydney, Australia. She's filled with renewed hope. From the first day, uh, when we reached Australia, everything was um, prepared for us. All the services um, uh, give it to my father, to my mom. We feel that this country even uh, give us uh, a visa to come and they love us. They make me feel that I'm a part of this uh, country.
country. Uh, this country is except me and my family. This country it's giving me a chance to start uh, a new life. But optimism soon turns to despair. Shortly after arriving in Sydney, Atour's mother is diagnosed with leukemia. Atour is now a full-time carer to both her parents, a role she plays for the next eight years. I was at home 24 hours, uh, bath them, change them, cook for them. Um, if I want to buy grocery, um, I used to go at night after they um, sleep. Um, I went to Woolies before they close uh, just to buy the grocery to cook for the next day. So for eight or nine years, I didn't go outside. It's not easy. But at the same time, when you know that everything that you've done, you've done it right, it's worth it. I think generally when you have people that come into the country, um, it's really about, you know, when they arrive, they have a sense of, you know, elated safety that they're in a, a new country. Um, but then obviously it's like a honeymoon period. Um, the realities soon start to set in, you know, uh, get a job, set up a house, find out transport, everything of the such. It tends to be a lot much more harder than they initially thought. So I think that there is a general high when they first arrive, but as it is a change they have been hoping for, it is generally a grace period, but it does wear off. Um, the good news is, is that there's an extensive support network available here to better assist with their transition and assimilation into the country for obviously essential needs and services. My name is Peter Abelton. Um, I work in Fairfield with Matchworks. I'm a site manager in Job Active Employment Services. Um, I've been working for the company for six years and ultimately what we do is we help job seekers overcome their barriers and find meaningful long-term employment. Peter Alberton's case files are filled with tales of trauma and heartbreak, but also of hope and resilience. It's through targeted programs like Kickstart for Refugees that Peter and his project team at Matchworks are able to help vulnerable job seekers find sustainable work that matters. Kickstart is a tailored goal-setting and mentoring program that covers a range of topics, including developing employment pathways, setting SMART goals, establishing action plans to work towards achieving those goals and increasing motivation and self-esteem. In fact, Peter knows firsthand how hard and emotionally challenging it can be for refugees settling in Australia. In the 1970s, his mother Paulette fled to Australia with her immediate family from war-torn Lebanon. She was just 16. The fighting may have ended, but another battle had begun. When my mum first came here, um, she obviously left Lebanon um, a while ago. Over there, there was um, obviously civil wars that were breaking out and whatnot. So her adjustment period was quite similar to what a lot of the people were obviously feeling now, even though it's from Iraq or if it's from Syria. Um, when she did arrive here, it was initial you know, shock. She had to obviously leave her larger family, who she was very accustomed to. Um, if you're familiar with a lot of the Arab community, um, they're very accustomed to having very large families and being really inter interconnected. So um, obviously adjusting here and having to move, the main purpose was to have a greater safety net and have that land of opportunity that they were obviously hoping for. So assimilating into the country and having to obviously leave the education behind but have a greater sense of security, safety, and really progress with you know the land of opportunity and have the greater enhancement of 
um, opportunities that are here and available to jump into. It's his own mother's journey that has inspired Peter to do the work he does today. His Matchworks office is in Fairfield in Sydney's west, the so-called refugee capital of Australia. The City Council resettles the largest number of humanitarian migrants in Australia, more than half a million since World War II. It's a sanctuary as well as a place of opportunity. I feel like a lot of it with working obviously within Fairfoot and the community here, it's a lot of the same type of experiences that people obviously have and it's a lot of that same background, the same background that I have and it's really about these people um, being interconnected and it really helps drive my passion working with Fairfoot and really being strong and helping a lot of our job seekers overcome their barriers and really being interconnected within our community here. Which leads us back to our tour. Nursing her parents until their deaths, she's left alone, emotionally drained. Thinking it's easier to help someone else rather than help herself, she volunteers at the Assyrian Australian Association, assisting refugees to fill in forms and refer them to services. She manages some part-time study and completes a diploma in community services and another in counselling. But when a job comes up in aged care, old demons surface. After Mama passed away, uh, I changed a lot. So it was a shock for me. My father passed away and all these feelings and thoughts, uh, I had it. So um, I didn't know the system, what I have to do. Does the job uh, provider have to find me a job or I have to apply by myself? I didn't have all these things. I didn't have any information. So I search online, I find um, uh, a nursing home or uh, some offices that relate to the aged care. Uh, she told me, you are very qualified uh, and we accept you. At that time, it was a shock. How can I deal? If I saw any old man or woman I, that remind me of my parents and I start crying, how can I deal with them? In June 2020, Atur is finally referred to Matchwork's Kickstart program. It changes her life. It not only helps with the skills like writing cover letters and resumes, but goes deeper, exploring emotional barriers around her job hunting through its health and wellbeing service. Atur's confidence returns and with the added bonus of losing 78 kilograms through lap band surgery, she's ready to take on the world. Soon enough, opportunity comes knocking. A job as a refugee liaison officer at Matchworks Fairfield office in Sydney. Peter Alberton conducts the interview with Heather Zahori, Matchworks National Projects and Relationships Manager. A tour really stood out to me because at the time I did have a lot of the community connections that I was familiar with and she mentioned that she had in-depth ties with some of them as well. And then she obviously volunteered for two years at the Assyrian Australian Association where she was already helping them out in referrals to services, filling out forms, helping them adjust to Australian way of life. So to me, this is what I was looking for in connecting with the Kickstart Refugee Program because she really showed a deeper connection that she was able to bring us someone quite passionate and embedded within the community. And it could really help continue this program in the right direction. Plus, she also had lived experience. That must have been a great bonus too. Absolutely. You know, lived lived experience, 
there's a really good side to this as well with clients, newcomers coming into the program and working with her. It's really that sense of being on the other side of the table that bestows that trust and belief for people that are sitting there and then seeing a tour of how far she's come and being able to connect deeper with them and see that, you know, if she can do it, then I can do it too. It may have taken close to three decades, but finally Artur had the job of her dreams. Uh, I wish I know a word that described that feeling. Well, after all that, uh, I remember the day that uh, Fatoma told me uh, uh, they have this position, just apply. I said, okay, I don't have experience. Um, they wouldn't accept me. He said, just apply. So when I tried and Heather called me, uh, it's first time since my mom passed away, I jump, dance, smile and laugh in the same time, cry in the same time. What's it like when you help people and when they say, Artur, thank you, thank you so much? It made me feel uh, happy. Uh, it made me feel that um, uh, I'm doing the right thing. Not just i done the right thing with my parents, but uh, I'm doing the right thing for the people. Atua's appreciation for her new working life continues on a daily basis. Atua has been extremely grateful since we've given her the opportunity and the gratitude is not shown just on any one point of time, it's, it's shown daily. And this is with her add, adding quite the motherly touch to the office. You know, she would make Arabic coffee for everyone in the mornings and the afternoons. She also brings in Lebanese sweets all the time for everyone, so she brought them in today as well. So it's really, it's the same consistent blessing and that's all we really got to have here. You know, it's it's good to see that the gratitude doesn't change, remains unchanged, even after four months being working from home, coming back and it's still the same. How has working changed you as a person? As a person now, I'm more confident. Before I hide in my room, especially after my mom passed away. Um, no, no. I'd like to be more socialized. Uh, I'm more confident. Um, I like to help people more. More confidence, more strong, um, more thinking about the good way, uh, more use my brain um, to think, to take steps to help others. What do you think your mum would say if she was here? Um, I <laughs> I just uh, she gonna say I'm proud of you and um, you're doing good more than good Atour may carry the scars of a traumatic life, but by sharing her pain, she is making powerful change, not just by healing herself, but inspiring others. Her lived experience is vital for her role as a refugee liaison officer with Matchworks. Since starting, she's engaged over 200 refugee job seekers into the goal-setting program and completed more than 250 mentoring sessions proof of her ability to establish rapport and build trust, her lived experience giving genuine hope as newcomers embark on their own employment journey. 
Watching her grow in her new role has been an enriching experience. Seeing a tour of how far she's come from starting work from that initial interview from, you know, her first couple of days, but then she's transitioned so strongly with the confidence in herself. She's become an advocate for the refugee community in Fairfield. She has inspired so many people with her personal story of struggle and assimilating into the Australian way of life. And ultimately, when we look back at the interview and speaking with Heather on it, that's what we're aiming to do with the Kickstart Refugee Program, really have that deeper connection embedded in the community. As for the future, well, a tour is happy to just live in the moment, helping to make change in the lives of those so desperate for a safe, fresh start in a land of opportunity. But then again, you can take the girl out of Baghdad University, but you can't take university out of the girl. I want to improve myself more in my job. I'm planning to study online and work. Um, I wouldn't. I don't want to leave my work, but at the same time, I'd like to study online, um, uh, Bachelor of Counseling. I would like to um, help more people. For the future, um, I want to buy a house just to feel that I'm, I've done something uh, in my life. You've been listening to Breaking Barriers, an original podcast series designed to smash misconceptions around the employment of vulnerable Australians, a testament to the positive impact employment can play in our lives. With 140 sites across Australia, whether you're looking for a job or looking for staff, Matchworks quite simply brings people together. Breaking Barriers is a podcast production from Matchworks, Australia's trusted employment specialists. Connect today, change tomorrow. If you found value in this episode, subscribe and share so we can keep telling these inspiring stories. And for more on Matchworks, log on to matchworks.com.au forward slash breaking barriers. I'm Nat Jones. Thanks so much for listening.